1: Good morning mm-hmm. and welcome to Let's Talk Movies with Moira and Shannon.
0: Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to introduce yourself and then Yeah, sure. I'm Moira G. Mateo, and I have had a long relationship with Taca, the autism community in action, and that's kind of how we got to know each other. Yeah. And uh I'm I love movies and that's how we ended up doing this. There we know? go. And I'm Shannon. If you
1: guys watch at all on the Autism Network, I'm uh, you know, on a lot of the shows that we do and I'm so excited to get to do this show with you. We've been doing it for more than a year now. I think we're like at a year and a half I now. I think it Something is. Something crazy like that. Um, and really born from both of us posting things on Facebook, on Facebook about mm-hmm. movies and seeing. But you, um, I do want to say this, because uh, I love Taka and I love you at Taka and all the things that you've done there. And I, you've figured largely in our story mm-hmm. that you were somebody that um, was a mentor It was outside of Mm TACA because it was through the doctor that we were using that you were the mentor, the liaison. Do you remember that? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Like, I knew you before that. Right. But then um, the doctor that we were with that was, there wasn't, I don't think there was MedMaps back then. No, there was not. Yeah. Um, But the doctor that we were using that would have been the MedMapsy doctor, I don't know that he is a Mm MedMap, but anyway, um, but um, you were a patient liaison and you You were the person that I could call and say, what's happening with this? Right. And then, of course, I continued to abuse that after you weren't working with him (laughs) anymore. Be like, "Maura, I don't know what (laughs) to do about this. Um, So, but you were always somebody that I looked up to and admired. And we had had you on the show before. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, And that was always a thrill. But I, I have to say this. I feel like you are my new friend like it's weird. We've known each other forever, yeah, but I feel friend, like you're my right. Yeah, you're, you're my new friend, and I, 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 you know, it's very telling when I saw you this morning. I turned around, and I was like, "It's Moira." <laughs> Even though I knew I was going to see you, I was excited. Uh, yeah, me too. Isn't I saw that a you good walking sign? ahead of me, and I'm like,
0: "There she is!" And, yeah. and I was
1: like, "Oh, I so enjoy spending time with her." Which so. we should all have that in life, yes. right? Yes. So thrilled to be here with you to discuss all of these all things, these movies. Although I, I've already said to Moira, I'm a little nervous about the movies we're going to talk about today. I'm going to. To try not to have my head fly around the room too much because that's not uh, what we want to see. So, we are going to interview, uh, we are going to review some movies here in just a second that we have seen. We love, we're live right now. Yeah. A lot of times when we do the show, we are not live, but we're live right now on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. And a bunch of other sites, our fabulous Traven will show you on the screen different ways that you can be checking out the show, uh, whether you're watching us live or watching it later on in podcast. And we're very aware that a lot of you will watch or listen later on. If you're listening in podcast, that's wonderful. We love having you here with us. But, uh, if you want to watch, because you want to see Moira and I and watch my head fly around the room, and, you know, we have little pictures and graphics sometimes, uh, if you want to watch, you really want to be watching on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash autism live. But there are so many different ways that you can catch our feed and see Mm -hmm. the show or listen to the show. We just hope that you will, that you'll like it, that you'll share it. You'll let other people know about it because that's how we don't spend money on advertising. Right. Uh, We just don't. Mm -hmm. And we've been here. This is our 13th year doing shows for Autism Live and and now with the Autism Network. So. You know, uh, we, we love when you guys let somebody else know. If you find something here that you like, let somebody else know, and mm-hmm. there we have it. We are going to talk about the movies in just a second, but because we have you here, let's take a minute and do an update on what's going on over at TACA. What's happening
0: stuff. at TACA? Yeah. There's some great stuff. Um, there, you know, the website, always go to the website because there's quite a bit of activity now happening. We've got some more in-person events happening, um, so you can check out see what may be happening near you. Um, we also have a lot of virtual offerings that are terrific. We have a community that's called Taka Connect that is a really great resource as well. Um, but the exciting thing is we've got a conference coming up in person in October, um, October 20th, I think the weekend of October 20th, in Costa Mesa. Um, and Shannon is speaking for us, and I'm super excited about that because we We've tried to get her a couple times before, and now we got her. Um, So that is a three-day—it's really two-and-a-half days. The third day is really a half day, but it's so action-packed. It's amazing. We've got a great lineup of speakers. Our keynote speaker is Temple Grandin. Yeah, I was going to say, the headline, (laughs) Whoa! you know, not me. We love her. We love her. Such an amazing, amazing lady. Um, and there, it's, uh, if you're a client of Regional Center, they ha- we are vendored, so you can get that funded through Regional Center. Um, it's $125 right now. That includes the recorded access that'll be available through, I believe, through the, either the end of November or a little bit longer. I've, I, I don't remember. Sorry about that, but I think it says it on the website. Um, and if you cannot come to Southern California, we do have the recorded access available for purchase, so just the recorded access for seventy-five dollars. So that's a pretty good deal. So it is; it's a
1: really great deal, and I encourage. You know, in the past, we have encouraged people to go, and and I always love the week after the conference to hear what everybody. I always say, you know, so who went? What yeah. did you, What did you? What you learn? Yeah. What did, what did you walk away with from it? And it's it's always some version of the same thing that people say. Shannon, this was life changing. No that and it, and it's always something different. Mm-hmm. some different aspect that some people will come back and go. I just got my batteries recharged and I talked to other parents and I realized I'm I'm doing a good job mm-hmm. and that there are more things that I can do but I I've got this. Yes. And I have a confidence that I didn't have when I got there right. and I have a community that I didn't have when I got there. Other people it, they come back and they go, "You know what I went to a, a talk about and found out about that I did not know mm-hmm. and now I'm, you know, spending all this time researching this and we've started this new thing, and I'm so excited, Mm -hmm. and I'm rejuvenated, right? It's something different for absolutely everyone, but everyone comes back saying, this is powerhouse, Mm -hmm.
0: game changer, Mm -hmm. life changer. Well, and even folks like us that have been going to conferences for years and years, I always pick up something new. And I always feel like sometimes you're just not ready to hear things, or it's just all of a sudden you're like, huh, that's it. And that's why I've always wondered about that, and now I have a direction, so... Even if you've been around as long as me, it's always worth it. Because there's always something <laughs> new to it, learn. It, it's true.
1: And I love that, you know, there are different tracks. So, there's you know, mm-hmm. you find the track that makes the most sense for you. Because yes. if you're somebody who's brand new, you're going to be interested in different things than somebody who's been around mm-hmm. the bend three or four times like mm-hmm. you and I have. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something for everyone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're right there by Disneyland. That's and it's true. Temple Grandin. Mm-hmm. And me. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna say. And and I you know, I know there you've been uh, you had put a hold on going to in person events, but I hope that you'll be there too. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. the plan. Okay. That's
0: the plan. So <laughs> All right, all right, so maybe Moira too, and yeah. we we'll, and, and there's lots of social time. There is, and it's nice to be able to connect with other folks who kind of know, you know, been there, done that, you yeah. got the t-shirt, and, and you can share your war stories, you can share your, um, I always talk about that, having a friendships with people that understand what you're going through, that you don't have to explain, what's an IEP, you know, somebody yeah. gets it, yeah. um, and that can cheer you on when things are going well for you, and yeah. help you troubleshoot when things are not going so well, yeah. you know, it's, it's Valuable, super valuable. And
1: you guys always have an amazing resource fair, mm-hmm. um, which for me, that alone is yeah. a reason to go. Yeah. yeah um, it's all good. It's all you good. You need to go. You need to go. And if you absolutely can't go, I totally get that because that has been me on some years. Um, but then do the virtual thing so that you get all the knowledge. And
0: scholarships are available. There you so go. There you go. So there, there
1: is no reason <laughs> to not get this wonderful recharge. Yeah. Uh, so again, go to. Uh, T-A-C-A now dot org mm-hmm. to find all the things that TACA does, but including registration and to buy tickets. You should do it now. Do it now. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, so it is time for us to do, uh, to talk about what have you been watching? And, <laughs> um, and uh, again i'm a little afraid but let's <laughs> but let's dive in shall we okay. and then but you guys we are live right now this yep. is thursday morning i don't i don't know what the date is it's the uh, it's the 22nd, 22nd. Oh, it's the 22nd. the 22nd it is so it's the 22nd of june 2023 if you're watching us live write in to, uh, mm-hmm. tell us your comments um, and tell me i'm all wrong mm-hmm. i need to be told i'm all wrong at least 3 times a day or i'm not fulfilled <laughs> (laughs) Um, I don't mind it when you tell me I'm all wrong. Okay. So we're going to, I'm I'm getting just a little bit of a buzz in my IFB, Traven, so I'm going to pull it out a little bit. Um, okay. So we're going to dive right in here with our first, our first one. Yes. Renfield. Uh, Uh, Oh, and I want to say, too, somebody wrote in and said, hey, when we're listening on the podcast, we're not seeing what you guys are seeing on the screen, so I'm so happy that you just said Renfield. Oh. A couple of shows ago, we spent like 20 minutes talking about To Kill a Mockingbird, and when the picture came up, both of us went, oh, my favorite movie. And he said it was like a trivia game that he had to spend the next 20 minutes (laughs) trying to figure figure out which movie we were talking (laughs) about. So we are talking about Renfield.
0: Renfield, starring uh, Nicholas Holt. Aquafina, Nick Cage, um, yes. directed by Chris, I guess he pronounces it McKay, the Scots would pronounce it MacKay, but hey, there we go. you know, we'll let it go. There we All go. right, so here's the pitch that got this film made, in my opinion, I have no idea, but it's what if we cast Nick Cage as Dracula? And if you're not familiar with Dracula lore, Renfield is his devoted and partially bewitched manservant, and when Dracula needs things done during the daylight hours, it's Renfield to the rescue. There are a lot of versions of Renfield on film. A common thread is the bug eating, eating the bugs. Um, And Renfield is enthralled by Dracula, presumably because Dracula has fed on him but not turned him into a vampire. Um, And so in this version, when Renfield feeds on bugs, the fabulous Nicholas Holt, he turns into this like action hero guy and has all these superpowers, I think, because of his connection with Dracula. So... This is not a deep film. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's not a deep film. Um, I liked that they explored codependency and toxic relationships and what would be more toxic than an undead feasting on you and making you eat bugs. Um, So, And I love that Renfield found the group therapy, uh, and that was really neat to see that kind of dynamic. Um, The fight scenes are over the top. It's gory. It's pretty gory. um, But... It was fun. Escapist. I give it a B, a solid B. Um, and I love watching Nicolas Cage over the top. I will watch him. I will watch him whenever. And I know he's he chews the scenery, but uh, and look at the teeth that he has to chew the scenery with. It's fabulous. So, he, you know, and and then Nicholas Holt has become a solid favorite of mine. And he's in one of the things we talk about later. And. Um, He's just amazing and compelling, but I have a feeling you didn't like this. Well, <laughs> this is I'm gonna say right out the, the gate, this is not my kind of not film. Not your film.
1: This mm-hmm. is the you know, I'm not a big Dracula fan. I I wanna say that my husband is a ginormous Dracula fan. He's done the play, like all versions of the play, and mm. played almost every character except for I think Renfield. So frequently in my married life, I am dragged to plays to watch my husband be in Dracula. And I love my husband, so mm-hmm. I do this. You do that. Mm-hmm. And, I, uh, and he asked me if I wanted to see this a month and a half ago whenever it came out. And my son was all excited about it. And I was like, I, I would rather drink poison <laughs> and than watch this film. and Because I am not a Nicolas Cage fan oh. at all. Like, I, I don't, I don't get it. I'm just <laughs> going to say I don't get it. Um, everybody has their tastes, right? Mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. get Nicolas Cage. I don't understand why he's in so many movies. Um, I think this was the perfect role for him. Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. I were a casting director and this came across my desk, I would be like, "We need to get Nick Cage." Yep. So I do want to say that, and I think that he doesn't. He does. He chose the scenery mm-hmm. and those fabulous teeth, and I think that's you know, mm-hmm. uh, when they do the reel of of his movies across, that they're going to feature this heavily mm-hmm. because he's quite good in this role. It's made for him, right? Um, I also. So I'm going to say that I am uh, newly uh, I don't like Nicholas Holt and I'm and I oh. and I'm starting to be in a thing where I don't want to see movies he's in because I see a running theme that I don't like. OK. Um, and so this is why you and I are well suited to this together good. because yeah. everybody has their opinions. This here's what I want to say about this movie. I appreciate what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, it is revenge porn with humor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and I think that it's for anybody who's ever been in a relationship where somebody took great advantage of them, it is revenge porn. It, mm-hmm. it, and it's over the top. The violence is so over the top that it becomes ridiculous, which I am not a fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what it is. I think if you like this type of movie, it's going to be right up your alley. It mm-hmm. is, I would... I would rather drink poison. I did this for you, Moira. I know
0: you did. I I, I, I could (laughs) tell when I said, "You know, it's you know, it's available. We can watch it." And I could tell that it was not going to be your cup of tea. And my husband said, "Oh, you'll watch it for Moira."
1: (laughs) And I said, "Yes, that's how it works now, honey." Um, And I did. And um, I yeah. Yep. I, I checked the box. Yep. I I got through it. It's not hor I mean, it's not horrible. It's it's it is what it is. It's yep. it's comedic horror mm-hmm. over the top. Mm-hmm. I think they delivered on what they said. And it's clever. Mm-hmm. I will say this, it's absolutely clever. clever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciate that.
0: Yep. Won't right. be watching it again. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Moving <laughs> on. on. Oh, jury duty. Jury duty. Okay, this I had heard about, and you had said you were watching it, mm-hmm. and I watched this for you, because I, <laughs> I had the part here we go. here we go, yeah. Um, I can't, as Jake Szymanski is the director, and then, of course, James Marsden playing a very jerky version of himself, <laughs> and the mm-hmm. lovely Ron Gladen, and the premise of this is everybody in this jury duty scenario is an actor except for Ron and i initially was like i don't want to see some nice guy pranked mm-hmm. and i was like i don't know that i can do this but um they uh i think they did a good job of making it so that he kind of knew he was on camera cuz they had the guys of it's a documentary mm-hmm. about being on jury duty and it was hilarious and i fell in love with this guy, as did all the actors. Mm -hmm. They were just so impressed with him. And I loved how jerky James Marsden was willing to be, so over the top. And then... I watched, um, oh, and they had to, to kind of engineer things to get this guy to behave in the way they kind of wanted him mm-hmm. to, but it was all seat of the pants, kind of like, what is he doing? And some people were wearing earpieces and, you know, bring this up, do that. It was an incredible accomplishment, and mm-hmm. they said they were working towards their 12 angry men moment, and they they got it. Uh, One of the things I did do, that they have the cast commentary for every single episode I watched it all. Really? Listen to the cast. I only made it through like one and a half of them. Yeah. It was great to hear them talk about it. And also, Ron is in it as well in the commentary. Mm -hmm. And one of the comments he made, because they talked about how nice he was and how he was so gentle and kind with some Mm -hmm. of the real wacky characters. Mm -hmm. Um, he said, yeah, I used to not be a very nice person, and I've made an effort to change. And I thought, wow, what a thing to yeah, admit, yeah. and also to see it in practice. He was he was just lovely. So they lucked out. I don't want anybody to do this again, though, i got to tell you. I think the risks are too high to really hurt somebody's feelings, mm-hmm. and, you know, it could be, and there are disastrous kind of things that have happened with these shock shows. Mm-hmm. So... I don't want I don't want them to do it again because it's like you got lightning in a bottle. <laughs> quit where you're head. So, but you know there'll be another one. But yeah. what do you think? Uh, my husband and I loved this. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's, this is right up my alley. Mm. It's
1: reality television, mm-hmm. but done I thought incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Um, that I thought that the premise was crazy. <laughs> this idea that you're going to do a whole jury for weeks. Yes, sequester and, and sequester yeah. them, and you're going to try to control. I thought, my goodness, mm-hmm. who is the control freak behind this? Mm-hmm. But I thought it was done tastefully. I mm-hmm. thought that they considered him mm-hmm. and how, you know, th- and they let him know that he was on camera. Because a lot of these prank shows, they don't tell people, and I, and that's when I get worried for them. Yes. He knew he was going to be on camera. I thought that some of the things that they came up with, especially with James Marsden, I have always loved James Marsden. I feel like he is an undervalued actor because... He's, he's so handsome. <laughs> and he's always willing to go that extra mile. He's mm-hmm. willing to make fun of himself. He's hilarious, talented. Mm-hmm. And I just, when somebody is that willing... Mm-hmm. To you know, be yes. like, I'm gonna make myself look like an ass. Mm-hmm. I just like lo- because you know they're secure if you're yes. gonna do that. Yes, I just thought he was delightful, but I you also got to see all these other non- unknown actors work out like oh, serious chops. I don't know how they didn't all crack up at, because there were so. We laughed so hard that at one point my husband and I fell off the couch because we laughed so hard at something that happened. I don't know about you, but I need that every once in a while. Yeah. I thought it was delightful. I thought it was humane. Yes. I can't wait for them to do another one. My husband said they're not going to be able to do another one. I said, oh, no, no, they won't do another jury duty, but they're going to come up with another Some other premise, yeah. And, and I, thought it was, I thought it was just delightful. And then, you know, we said we want to see the behind the scenes, and they had a brief behind the scenes, but then we started do, watching the cast The thing. cast comments. And then I just had other things things I had to do but that was also really delightful and to see all the work that it went into and all the care and the consideration Mm -hmm. and how much the cast and crew started pulling for Ron yes that I mean that is a story in and of itself I mean just you guys think about this it's what like six seven episodes I think I think so but they were sequestered for like three weeks right but then think about the fact that not only did Moira watch the six or seven episodes, but then she went back and what watched it comment- again, the whole thing for the commentary. That's how amazing of a mm-hmm. social experience this mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. I just thought that that was, was really delightful. Mm-hmm. And, and
0: the chance to see actors in a moment go for it. Right. Well, one uh, of the things, the comments that was made in the commentary was the fact that it was almost like this invisible connection, even though Ron was unaware Of these things, it's like the synergy that happened between Mm -hmm. all the actors and him that it started just working. Things they wanted to start happening just happened. Yes. And this other guy who was on this crew, he had been on Borat or whatever. Mm -hmm. He'd done these other kind of shows Mm -hmm. that do that. And he says sometimes it just happens like that. They just—it's almost like this unconscious yes mind meld. Mind meld. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 and just the fact that they also had to sit through. Hours of boring testimony oh. to make the wacky moments not seem so crazy. Exactly, you know, and, uh, an incredible accomplishment. A- an incredible accomplishment mm-hmm. and really hilarious. Yeah, uh, so yep. check that out, you guys. Okay, all
1: right. Moving on to our next, next one.
0: Ah, The Little Mermaid, directed Rob Marshall, Halle Bailey, Melissa McCarthy, Javier Bardem, jo- Jonah Howard King, and Aquafina again. Yeah. Um. And I, you know. Some folks are upset by Disney doing these live action films, but I don't mind them. I feel like, you know it's their property they've done it before you know and and some stories are meant to be told over and over again with different perspectives some are better than others i, I actually like the reimagining of beauty and the beast and um the little mermaid's really special to me so i was a little bit like ooh um i pretty much have the original film memorized uh because we would i would sing all the songs to the kids mm-hmm. when they were little and i felt like haley bailey had some large fins to fill mm-hmm. um and boy, did she nail it. Oh. I thought she, I i was, the song I was waiting for, Part of Your World, mm-hmm. is an amazing song. And it really shows you the the, you know, what she's yearning for that's so impossible. Mm-hmm. And your heart just melts. And I was sobbing mm-hmm. by the end of it. I thought she made it her own. And I thought. She just nailed it. She was amazing. Um, underwater sequences were beautiful. Overall, it was enjoyable. But I was I was disappointed they cut the Les Poissons mm-hmm. song because I thought that was a little bit of levity that we needed. And I didn't mind the new song, but the, they weren't as memorable to me. Um, but it was weird. Like, I love Melissa McCarthy, but I think some of her line delivery was exactly... The same as Pat, as the great late great Pat Carroll. I would have liked to see her put her own stamp on. Even the blocking was the same in some of it, and I thought, huh, okay. Um, so, and I'm glad they didn't mention Ariel's age because in the cartoon she's 16, and mm-hmm. and I'm like, ooh, you know, yeah. getting married. It was a little bit yeah. weird. And then they added a little twist to the curse that um, that uh, Ursula puts on Ariel to make the kiss the girl seen a little bit better. I don't know. It, it, it was effective. but um, And then I was saddened by the uproar over casting her. You know, oh, I don't yeah. know. if you, There was a big controversy, people being all stupid and frankly yeah. racist. And yeah. it frustrated the heck out of me because it's like, why don't we want to see all versions of these stories from different perspectives? They're yeah. beautiful. Anyway, it, you know, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it, but I was glad that she nailed that song. And she was wonderful. There she was go. delightful.
1: And i got to say, I'm in the category that um, I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. Love it. I think I, I was frustrated by it because I thought, saw so many great things in it. Mm. And then, it, it, you know, it's sort of like if somebody has spent hours upon hours to make a cake, mm. and they've spent hours to get, like, you know, these little flowers over here exactly per- perfect, but then mm-hmm. they allow, like, you know, something horrible, like a bite to be taken out of it, and you go, why would you allow that? Mm. Like, why wouldn't why would you spend this much time... On this aspect of it, and then let it all go mm. in other aspects, because I really felt like that's what happened. And I don't even know who in production to blame for that. Mm. Is that the producer? Like, I, I, okay, just an example. They clearly spent a small fortune on the animation. I, I want to see the behind the scenes of how they filmed. How they this. did the underwater? Because yeah. the underwater stuff, you would have these really long. I felt too long. Mm. Like I felt that the pace was a little bit slow. But these, you know. Cinematic, I mean, gorgeousness of this lighting and you had to imagine all the things that they did. I couldn't tell what was real and what was, what wasn't real. Mm-hmm. You knew that there had to be some sort of a mix of CGI. Mm-hmm. Um, it would just be absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. But then there would be animation when there's a person like Ariel's swimming around. And there would be, when she would move, mm-hmm. there would just be a, like it wouldn't quite mesh. Mm, like mm. her face wasn't in the right place or that, like that didn't keep up. Just, it just pulled me out of it. Mm, and I would go, mm. why didn't you spend, if you're going to spend that much money, take a little bit more time, get it exactly right. Right. <laughs> we talked about this afterwards that Javier Bardem's hair, <laughs> Like, I mean, just the attention mm-hmm. that was given to his hair flowing mm-hmm. underground and mm-hmm. the lighting around his hair was absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Oscar worthy, certainly. Mm-hmm. And then they get to, I don't want to do too many spoiler spoilers, but there's a scene where he pops up out of the water. Mm-hmm. And his hair is like this really bad wig that is mashed down to his head. Mm-hmm. And my husband said he looks like a parking attendant. <laughs> At <laughs> a bad garage. Like, why did somebody not take yeah. a minute yeah. and do something with Javier Bardem's hair? Like, it's just, it's just like, and and you had no choice but to be pulled out of the film. Right, in those moments. Yeah. And go, oh, right, I'm watching a film and you spent a lot of money and you didn't get, mm-hmm. and, I, and that... For that I was griped because it's a movie that could have been Mm -hmm. amazing. And I thought Melissa McCarthy was wonderful. Mm. but I thought it was a, a great homage to Pat Carroll. But I thought that it was enough different that I you was, felt I it was good. different. Okay, and I thought that how um, I always want to say Halle Berry. I Halle know Bailey, Bailey. Mm-hmm. so confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that she was great. I thought that the young man and his new number, the song that he sang, was a little over the top. Oh, well, it was kind
0: of forgettable uh, too, honestly. Yeah. Well, it was a lot of. Yes, you know, Gaston. And and I'm going to
1: pose and whatever. (laughs) I I was like, eh, I'd like a little more heart and a little less Gaston. But um, I thought Aquafina was a really fun addition. Mm -hmm. I wasn't in love with the new song that Mm -hmm. she sang. It was a. Sometimes I couldn't understand what they were saying. Well, the words—it
0: it was Lin Manuel Miranda was, you know, he's Disney's go-to guy. Yeah. Uh, I love Lin. I Lynn. love him. But it was a little quick, and I, you know, my old ears had trouble keeping up. Yeah,
1: I didn't. Yeah, I found I, I was missing having closed captioning. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, somebody sure. said I didn't understand a single word
1: Javier Bardem said, and. I'm- <laughs> Oh, like, no. oh, no, 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 that's not a good sign <laughs> no. for a movie. But, uh, you know, I mean, there's enough there to go see it. Mm-hmm. I did find myself going, who is this movie meant for? Because I thought that there was some really intense stuff. We saw a 10.30 show in the movie theater, and I deliberately wanted to do Normally I love to watch with a bunch of kids in the audience, mm-hmm. but I kind of wasn't in that mood and there were kids in the audience, and they were screaming in terror oh, at no. some of the scenes. Oh. And I don't know if it's like that at all showings, mm. but I thought it was a little dark a little intense for little and dark. kids. Mm. So I thought, I was like, who is this for? And then I kind of feel like it was for people that are in, you know, your age range and, and my friend Rachel, who loved. I was a little bit older mm-hmm. for Little Mermaid. Mm. Uh, and we didn't watch it. I think we saw it once with my son. So it wasn't. Precious to me, oh. but the people that I know that loved it were all about going to see this, and I, I'm just not sure who this movie was meant for. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, but yeah. enough good things. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't take a five year old to it.
0: Yeah, maybe. It, I think the cartoon gives you a little diff- distance, yeah. you know, than than a live action because live action did. I can mean, get dark. Yeah, that whole scene where she's stirring the uh. screaming children.
1: oh Yeah, it was intense. I, w- I felt it was intense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, there yeah. we go. All okay, right. moving mm. on. Next up. Oh, here we go. Ah, uh, The Great. And I love it. It says an occasionally true story, often, underneath it. Um, it's on Hulu. The fabulous Elle Fanning. The, in my opinion, fabulous Nicholas Holt. Phoebe <laughs> Fox. And it is a third season uh, is what we finished with. That's it. It's only three seasons, which mm. I'm glad because I think it did it well. Um, if you have not been able to watch it, binge it, um, in my opinion, and it's about the young Catherine the Great, married off to Peter the Great's son, Peter the only so so, um, or more accurately, Peter the third, played by Nicholas Holt. Um, Catherine, played by Elle Fanning, arrives at the Russian court and finds that her husband's a bit of a party boy and not interested in changing and how things in Russia are run. And it's full of courtly intrigue, a lot of bed hopping, general orgy type activity for everyone. Um, the first season kind of focuses on what happens when you've got a ruler that's in, incompetent and not really interested in ruling. And then the second season is what do you have a capable when you have a capable ruler who's idealistic and can't really get things launched the way she wants to and then season three is kind of the final outcome for those those rulers um and it's it's so you know she's tries to spend time modernizing Russia and it goes horribly wrong in different ways in things decisions she makes it doesn't you know she doesn't always think of the consequence but eventually she develops these alliances and strategies. And I just loved the chemistry between Elle Fanning and Nicholas Holt. The two of them in a scene together, they were just great and so watchable. And I'd read a review that said, we've heard about the will-they-won't-they fall in love, but this is a will-they-won't-they kill each other while they're also falling in love, you know? So... I was feeling a bit fatigued in the last season with all the intrigue, but they really managed to give me a satisfying ending, and I, I loved it. But I think you're not the Nicholas Holt fan, so let's hear what you've got to say. Yeah,
1: I really, really, really hated this, and <laughs> and uh, you know, and I. Oh, for so many reasons. Okay. I do want to say that I uh, gleefully said, let's include this one, because I had watched the first season and loved the first season, Mm -hmm. and I had not yet seen the second season, so I had to binge the second season and the third season to watch, and I... I'm just going to be honest. I couldn't watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I I had to start skipping things, but I did watch the completion because I wanted to be you know at least a little bit fair. Mm-hmm. Here's my problem with it. Okay, uh, you know the first season. I I love that it's a retelling and that it's a sometimes true story. Mm-hmm. And I thought what they did the best in the first season is exactly the way you outlined it. It's you know this this. Somebody who's idealistic and and shows up and and not only is he a party boy, he's violent and stupid, cruel, mm-hmm. and cruel. Mm-hmm. And she says, "I don't want to have anything to do with you." And she's caught up in this whole uh, court intrigue, and um you know she's discovering who she is as a young woman. And the thing about it was I was Googling and going, what do you mean this is a sometimes – it was a story I didn't know, Mm -hmm. which is crazy to me because I used to be into very Russian history, but a little bit later. Okay, So I I was like, how did I miss this, Mm -hmm. that this woman comes from Germany and takes over? Mm -hmm. Like, this is a story to be told. Told. And and you know, there are things that we don't know, that we can't know. We weren't there. Right. And I love that they took in the first season they took the basic framework of what happened mm-hmm. and then filled in all these things that, you know, we can pretty much assure ourselves did not happen, mm-hmm. but they made it really funny and it was great. But they were sticking to the main framework of she challenges him because mm-hmm. she wants and she wants to take over the country and does take over the country. Mm-hmm. Then we get to season two, mm-hmm. and I think what I think what happened, writing, I mean, they have some of the wittiest, funniest people to do the writing, and Elle Fanning is great, and I like Nicholas Holt, um, <laughs> but now what happened is, as often happens when you're working on a show, there's this amazing chemistry between two of the leads.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: What are you going to do? Because in history... Mm-hmm. In, in fact, in history, she usurps him, and eight days later, he dies oh. in the real, in the real okay. history. Okay. Well, that wasn't going to work for them because they've got two stars. Mm-hmm. So now they decide to monkey with history and mm-hmm. go even further with it. But what they decided to do is feed on the chemistry of it. Having forgotten, we set him up to be mean, cruel, mm-hmm. stupid, mm-hmm. and privileged and out of control— but now we're gonna we're gonna try to work it so that these two fall in love, and mm. I have a real problem with that. Okay, um, I you know I come from, and I and I have a real problem on many different levels. I come from the generation of women that I was in love with General Hospital, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I've drawn a complete blank. What are their names? All my children. Are, no, no. Oh, the, oh, Luke and Laura. Luke and Laura. Oh, Luke yeah. Luke and yeah. Laura. And when I was in freshman in college, you know, they canceled classes for the day that Luca and Luke and Laura got married. Mm-hmm. And and but as an adult, you woman look back now, on it. You're like, and when somebody says to me, I don't understand that because you know how that romance started was that he raped he her, raped her. Yeah. and they in no way. They tried to make it seem like, was it a rape? No, it was a full-on rape, but then the two stars had chemistry, and, mm-hmm. and we all went along with it. And I just have a hard time with yeah. that now. Yeah. I, I'm like, mm-hmm. it. you know, I think it sends the wrong message to everyone, mm-hmm. to our young men, to the young women, that the fact that they... Oh, it made me so mad that mm. here is this woman in history who mm-hmm. fought for something, and I feel like they minimized it by having her fall in love with the, you know, the the f boy. Mm. Um, mm. I just and and so much of the show in the second season turned into how many sexual jokes can we make? Mm. How much inappropriate sexual stuff can we have going on in the background? Mm. I just. I just couldn't handle it. Yeah, no? I just couldn't handle it. And I and I then watched parts of season three because I wanted to see some of the bigger plot points because I read about what happens and that you know mm-hmm. eventually they try to reconcile what actually did happen in history, and I felt that it was such a disservice to her to the memory of that character and to what they started out to do where they ended up with. Mm-hmm. I, I just didn't mm-hmm. like it. I uh, would.
0: I mean, I don't want to spoil the last scene, but I felt like the last scene was with her was very powerful and bittersweet and I don't know. You know yeah. you're not buying it. Not buying I it. I mean <laughs> for me it
1: was too little too late. Too little too late. All right. Um All right. and it had already besmirched. When you read about the things that this woman accomplished, mm, mm. I, and there were things that they showed you in the very end of some of the things that she accomplished and why she was going to accomplish them, but they still did it under the haze of that she was unsure, mm. she you know that she had to look to the—I I felt like it was very belittling of women.
0: Mm, interesting. Okay, and All I right. couldn't get past it. Okay, I couldn't get past it. Okay, so yeah. there we go. There we okay. go. All right. All right. The next one is still, oh, and this is a documentary. Um, David, is it Davis Guggenheim or David? I always forget. Um, and or I have Noah Goo. Guggenheim. Oh my goodness. I don't know. I I have no idea. Mr. Guggenheim. um, (laughs) Apologies. Uh, Michael J. Fox and and Tracy Pollan are in this. um, And it's about Michael J. Fox's life. Um, And I love him, and I'm blown away by his perseverance in the face of an incredibly difficult illness. Um, And the name of the film comes from a question posed by the filmmaker. Uh, before gar- uh, Parkinson's, what would it mean to be still? And Fox answers, "I wouldn't know." And it's it's told through interviews with uh, Michael J. Fox and intercut with uh, clips from his films and television career. And I, you know, I I actually wasn't a fan of using the clips the way they used them because they, it was kind of clever because it was almost like reenactment, and they were using the clips to to um, uh, Uh, illustrate what was happening in his life. But then I'm like, but I know that that's from Bright Lights, Big City. But I know that that's from, and then like talk about the game of trying to figure it out, the trivia game. And I found that a little distracting. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, but it it was awkward too. Um, And I'd rather have them all put in context and shown like, hey, here's him walking on the red carpet or hey, there's this. Because they did talk about how he disguised his tremble in his hand. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I might have liked to have seen a couple of clips of that, you know, I don't know. I just felt like it was a little weird. But um but he is such a charming guy and um and it's it's none of that's diminished by his struggle. And you see like in one sequence he falls because he turns to talk to a fan who's like, oh, I love you or whatever. And he falls because he's unsteady on his feet. And you're like, oh, and she is like, oh, you know, and everybody helps him up. And he's like, ah, you know, this is what happens. And, you know, we actually uh, just had a family member diagnosed with Parkinson's. And she was told that if it comes on earlier in life, like it, it did for Michael J. Fox, it comes hard and fast. Mm-hmm. And then later in life, it's, I guess, a little bit slower to progress. And I know that that was something uh, Parkinson's was like kind of an old person's disease until I think Michael J. Fox, you know, came forward with it. And I love that his foundation is trying to find treatments. Um, So, you know, and I loved uh, I went to his website, and he said, I look at hope as informed optimism. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was a wonderful, wonderful quote. And I, you know, what's not to love, right? Yeah. Mm, Yeah. You know, what do you think?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because I guess... You know, the difference uh, for me, because I got so psychological with with talking about The Great, because and, mm-hmm. and I was pulled out. Right. Whereas, and and you got a little like looking at, and got pulled out with uh, this. With this. And I didn't. No, oh, interesting. Um, because I was just on the ride. Mm. And I think sometimes that happens. You're on the ride and you're not being pulled out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just, I so I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. I totally see your point. But mm-hmm. I I was just sucked in mm-hmm. to, um, you know... It's interesting because I, I was raised by a mom who uh, was born um, with a physical disability. Mm-hmm. She had both feet facing backwards. And it's so funny that, you know, people, when when you tell the story of my mom, for instance, people will say, oh, my God, she sounds like such a warrior. She sounds so mm-hmm. brave, mm-hmm. right? And, and one of the things that I loved about this was that, they showed this family that I think all of us look at this family and go, "Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. this family is so brave, and he's so brave, and he's out there telling the story." But he kind of poo-poo's all that, and he's like, "No, I'm just here. It's just yeah. me, and I'm here, and and you know, this is my story. I'm living my story." So I, I really related to that, and I I loved that we got to see him with his wife and with his kids, mm-hmm. and see that he is leading a full life. Yeah. And that we, you know, we don't need to feel pity for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that his story is so important for us to watch because he's facing his reality. And, and I'm sure that there are fearful moments, and I'm sure that there have been fearful moments. How could there not be? Mm-hmm. But he continues to face it. Yeah. And, yeah. and, he, and he's not asking us to look away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people that shut themselves up and say I'm not going to burden society with that. Right. I'm, I don't want the pitying looks. I don't want whatever. And he just keeps on moving. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting when you think about the title about still and there's you know the 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 you know the actual remaining still which he's as he, he said he he never was able to do that. Mm-hmm. But it's also about the perseverance.
0: Yes, I'm still here.
1: I'm still yeah. here. Mm-hmm. I'm still doing this. Yep. I'm still you know loving my wife, Mm -hmm. my wife's still loving me, I'm still being a parent, Mm -hmm. I'm still trying, I'm still having a hard time, Mm -hmm. I'm still doing all these things. So I thought it was a lovely, lovely doc. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that it's going to get tons of nominations Mm -hmm. because it should. It's very emotional. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm glad that he took the time to do this. Yes, yeah. Uh, It's an amazing, amazing You know, life, my mother always used to say, life gives you lemons and what you decide to do with them. And she said, not everybody can make lemonade, but you know, make a, make a lemon pie, you know, make your thing, Mm -hmm. find your thing to do with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it certainly brought me up sharply because I can complain about everything till the cows come home. And then you watch something like this and you go, Hey, I'm, I might just enjoy my life today. And Mm -hmm. the fact that I can walk Mm-hmm. And that I'm able to talk, and uh, my kid is too. Mm-hmm. How, about mm-hmm. I, I How about I just? How about I celebrate that? that? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it, and have always loved him. So. Oh, I know he's
0: just a delight. I mean, yeah, and still I still yeah. loving him. Yeah. yeah, yes, still loving Michael J. Fox. There yes, you go. Amen <laughs> to that. Okay. All right. Oh, this next one uh, is called Reality. And the director is Tina Satter, and uh, stars Sydney Sweeney, Josh Hamilton, and Marshawn Davis. And this, is, this film made me so uncomfortable, and there wasn't a single raised voice or violent gesture. No. But this film is based on uh, the transcripts of the interrogation of the main character, um, who's a real person, and her real name is Reality Winner which, what a name, right? Um, She was a, and she is, or was, rather, an Air Force veteran, and at 25, she was a Farsi translator and Pashto, and she spoke several languages for a government contractor. Um, Two FBI agents, played by Marshawn Davis and Josh Hamilton, show up at her house and interrogate her. They have a search warrant because somebody from her agency, her group leaked classified document to a news agency. So this originally was done as a Broadway, off-Broadway play in, called Is This a Room? Reality Winner Verbatim Transcription. The playwright is the director, Tina Satter, and she and jo- James Paul Dallas adapted her play into a screenplay, and Satter, of course, is the director. Everything is taken word for word from the transcript, um, and it... It's like amazing to me. I found it compelling. I was blown away by this young gal, Sydney Sweeney. Um, If you, I didn't even recognize her as the bratty teen from season one of uh, White Lotus. I was like, oh my god, that's that bratty teen who I so disliked, Mm -hmm. Um, and here she was, vulnerable and um, and just. Heartfelt. Present. Yeah, present. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's some of the conversations are shown by cutting inserts of looking at the transcripts. Some of it's the actual recordings. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's and then they have these redacted moments that almost look like a glitch in the matrix. I've heard it described mm-hmm. as where they you know, where they're not allowed to say certain names or, or things. And it it was fascinating. I I found it so compelling, and it was really effective. It wasn't like all the president's men, like, we're racing against time to do this. This was a quiet but very intense, and what a study in in acting. I mean, these three people in that room, and then she goes to get up to do something, and they're kind of like all of a sudden they're on edge, like she's going to. And they're talking about the dumbest mundane things at times, I was blown away by this. What, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I, more from a psychological
1: and sociological mm-hmm. standpoint, maybe than as a film, but, you know, hand in hand with that. Um, yeah, we, you told me about it, mm-hmm. and, and I, you know, first of all, you name your kid reality winner, like, that's like putting a mark on them, <laughs> honestly. Um, but, uh When the film started and very early into the film, they put a graphic on the screen that says every word that is spoken in this film is directly from the transcript. From the transcript, yeah. I mean, verbatim. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And... And and I think they almost have to do that because some of it is so awkward. Yes, like you would never write it this way, mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Ne-
1: and and I thought that Sydney Sweeney was amazing. I gotta say that I well, I kind of wish they'd done a little like the actors that played the FBI. Mm-hmm. I think there were times that it, they struggled with how do I make this say this and make it sound believable. Mm-hmm. I I think they could have done a little bit better. Okay. Sorry, mm-hmm. Just, that's my opinion. But she was amazing yeah i like i I kept having to remind myself she is saying verbatim and the pauses and everything mm-hmm. um she was amazing, but it was so interesting because that's all it is is the transcript from them mm-hmm. um doing this interview for me, this is a very interesting trend right now that's very hot right now in these prop what I call propaganda films. Mm. Because a propaganda, you know, I and I made sure I looked up the word this morning to make sure I'm using it properly. Okay. Propaganda is when someone does something widespread, puts information, and it could be true information, mm-hmm. uh, information or rumors or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that is meant to benefit or to harm somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I see this, people are doing this left, right, and center right mm-hmm. now. I there were two films that we're not going to review this week. But um, the eighty for Brady, mm. total propaganda film for Tom Brady. Mm, mm. It is meant to like make, make you like him, make yeah. you like him. If you're not a football fan, know who he is. If you are a football fan, to know how amazing he was in this one football game. Um, the new movie was Sam Hugan, the um, uh, Love Again or yeah, yeah, something like yeah. that. Total propaganda film for mm. Celine Dion. Mm. Did not know that when I sat down to watch it. Thought I was going to watch a nice little r- romantic movie with Sam Hugan. It's not. Mm. Um, it's it's a propaganda film for Celine Dion, mm. for her to put out about her love story with her husband and what she's doing now. And, oh, uh, interesting. T- totally, uh, like it's very thinly veiled, but it's right there. Mm. So, You know, it seems very, and there are tons of things Mm -hmm. that are like this now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this doesn't mean it's bad, Mm -hmm. but I think there's an agenda Mm -hmm. that we're, it's not just about entertainment, which, you know, throughout history, you know, Mm -hmm. you could use entertainment plays and things to uh, educate Mm -hmm. or to entertain or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting, this Mm -hmm. film this very bizarre mm-hmm. little film at this very bizarre little time that we are in space and time. Mm-hmm. Because for those of you who don't know, look her up, but um, Reality Winner is accused of and is imprisoned mm-hmm. for smuggling out one piece of paper. hmm and, and that she's serving, correct me if I'm wrong, five years. Five years. Five yeah. years in jail for smuggling out one piece of paper that was government, that she took out of a government uh, facility. Mm-hmm. I mean, we live in interesting times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought, oh, interesting that this
0: just, because I didn't, did you know about her before this movie? I had heard about her. I think I'd seen an article and I... I was like, that can't be a real name. Is the first right, thing I thought. Right. <laughs> right. I'm, like, well, and I'm I'm one to talk. I name my kids unusual names, but <laughs> uh, but you know, so I'm not uh, going to throw stones. But it. Uh, but I didn't really know the detail, and this was very interesting to me to see it. And you're correct. It's kind of the there is an agenda for sure, but I I actually think that's probably why they did. Verbatim exact transcript. I thought they know? were very smart about that Yes. because
1: they don't give you any opinion. Mm-hmm. They go, "This is what this went is, down." You, just the you facts, decide. ma'am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it but it is very unnerving the mm-hmm. way that they do it, and it's very. I thought it was a little manipulative that they get to certain parts where they have to redact. Yes, yeah. And the way they dealt with that sent a shiver down my spine every time that they did it. Yes. And and it made me, I was Googling like a mad woman going, yeah. what did I miss? <laughs> right? Um, I thought that that was really, and it forced it was very me yeah. to look up and go, what actually happened to this young woman and what's the story? Yeah, same. Why yeah. has she gotten the strictest? sentence for the smallest amount of information. Right. Um, you know, what what's up with that? Mm. Um so interesting. Mm -hmm. But I think we're gonna see much, 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 much more of this. Okay. Okay. I mean, you know, if you think about it, I think this is exactly why Uh, Barack Obama was like, oh, I'm going to produce films now.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay. Right? Well, you know, it's funny. When you were saying that, it reminded me of uh, during, for the war effort, uh, Laurence Olivier did um, Henry V because there's that fabulous speech about England, you know, and St. Crispin's Day and we're going to, you know, and it was rallying the troops. And it's still Shakespeare, but, yep. you know, it's the timing. Yeah, yep. it's very interesting. Very, very mm. interesting. Okay, right. moving on here. We're is running this out of time. Our, is this, are we running out of time? Is this our last one? Oh, no, no we've got two, we more. two okay. more. Okay, let's keep going. Let's yes. keep going. A Beautiful Life. Okay, this was uh, director uh, Meddi Avaz uh, starring Christopher and Inga ibsdottir yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry I butchered <laughs> your beautiful uh, Danish name. Um, but is, this is the premise of the film is a Danish fisherman is discovered by a record producer and her talented producer daughter. And he has to face his past and decide what he wants out of life. Um, and I did a little bit of research, because when I saw the actor's name in the credits and his name was only Christopher, yep. I thought, oh, he's already a rock star. And yep. he is. And um, so I was like, okay, he's big in Denmark. Um, and, uh, you know, I feel like it I was unfair to this film, I have to say, um, because I kept comparing it to Once, which oh, I adore yeah. Once. And the songs in Once are amazing. So that was unfair of me. But... Um, I wanted to like it, but it felt very by the numbers. There were um, there were characters and things that happened that felt like plot devices mm-hmm. to me. Um, and the emotional moments just didn't land. I felt like there was one moment where he his character is described as keeping things at arm's length. I felt the whole movie kept me at arm's length. Mm-hmm. I was not swept away by, I didn't feel they had chemistry. I was not swept away by moments that happened. Um, and... They treat this, the character that Christopher plays, um, Elliot, like trash because he's a fisherman, you know. And I'm kind of like, what the hell is that all about? I mean, I'm not Danish. I don't know. Maybe that's really low on the totem pole. But I'm like, okay. I mean, it just felt, it was weird. It was a weird film. And I also felt like he did not want to be famous. And they were dragging him, kicking and screaming to the spotlight. And I felt like I would have ended it differently for him. Um, the two ballads are lovely. I like the two ballads, the other songs. Eh, but I don't know. It just I'm not sorry I saw it. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't the punch that I wanted from it was so emotional. The content was meant to be so emotional yeah. and it didn't quite get there for me. But I know you really liked the—you said you were going to get the soundtrack. Well, here's the thing. I think this is
1: another propaganda film. Ah! I think that this film was tailor-made for to Christopher launch to launch him here in the United States. And okay. I think for that, um, I thought that the plot was so thin mm-hmm. you could read newspaper through it. Mm-hmm. And um, and there wasn't chemistry between the two people. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the whole plot was like, what? Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't, you know, I love a good love story, didn't think it was a great love story, mm-hmm. and, like, stuff, they would get, like, halfway through the movie and decide, oh, we don't have enough conflict here, so we'll bring something in. Bring this guy Th- back in, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. No, no, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. As a movie, it really just did not grab me at all. But here's what did grab me, was very early in the film, um, you know, they go to the typical go to a pub and we're going to perform before the pub mm-hmm. um, and he's not supposed to sing, but then he opens his mouth and sing. And I went, oh, because oh. oh. a lot of times when they're going to do a movie about somebody becoming famous, a lot of times I don't I don't see the talent mm. Mm. that they're supposedly going to have. Mm-hmm. But I went, oh, this this guy's this cat's got a voice. And then mm-hmm. I was Googling and going, oh, his name is Christopher. Yes. Went, oh, OK. Um, And I I thought the two ballads were good enough that I went, oh, I will buy a soundtrack Mm -hmm. or I will go buy one of his albums. And I've already looked on YouTube at some of his other songs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's not hard to look at. We'll we'll say that. Very good looking. Um, So I think that this is going to set him up. He will have concert dates now in Mm -hmm. the U.S. I might even go to a concert because I thought he was good enough. Right. Um, But the film, no, the film is Okay. Okay. Um,
0: okay. Yeah. Because yeah, I was like, Shannon. <laughs> no,
1: no, no. Now the film is, uh, you know, ha put too. I mean, it's really nothing. It's it's very, like, it's very not, lightweight. Yeah. It's not even enough to get fatuzzed about mm-hmm, uh, and mm-hmm. go, oh, it's a bad film. It's just nothing. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. Somebody sat in the back seat of a car and said, what can we do to you know get you put Christopher to get, out there yeah. on Netflix in the United States? Yeah. I've got it, and they did it. Yeah. And good for them that yeah. they did it. But you know, it's it's just to sell out. Problems. And, and it, it will.
0: It will. So, okay. Yeah. And you know. like you said, he's easy on the eyes, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. which is uh, another thing. I'm like, he could, be a model if he didn't want to be a fisherman. You know what I mean? <laughs> well,
1: And I have to be honest that all of the different things that I've seen of him, mm-hmm. he's clean
0: shaven. Yeah, he looks so much better scruffy. And
1: I <laughs> and I was like, okay, as his publicist, mm-hmm. you know, what what was that thought process? Because I think they were like, oh, he needs to be a fresh fisherman, so he needs to be scruffy. I'm just gonna say for America, you should keep him scruffy, because mm-hmm. so, he looks like a baby with the clean shaven he, he thing. Did. He did. I little. Yeah. I think he looks better looks scruffy. Better scruffy too. So so take you've, note, you've heard from us on that note. Thank you. Uh,
0: okay. okay, last but certainly not least. And there's Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, um, directed by Kelly Freeman Craig, starring Abby Ryder Forston, Rachel McAdams, and the fabulous Kathy Bates. Yeah. Um, this, I really wanted to love this. I liked it. Um, but uh, I read most of Judy Blume's books, and I was probably the age that Margaret is when I read that book. So it really like the perils of middle school, wanting desperately to grow up sharing with your closest friends all the, the people you have a crush on and what stage of puberty you're in. All of that's, like, very familiar. And this is all being done while surrounded by a shag carpet and all of green appliances of the fabulous 70s. Um, you know, and perhaps that was part of the problem. I mean, I think Judy Bloom's now in her 80s and is wonderful, but um, it's maybe harder for this story to feel fresh, um, and if and I think my daughter watched this with us watched this with us, and i don 't think she was well I saw her on her phone i don 't think she was as engaged um, and honestly, a fresh and horribly painful take on middle school eighth grade i don 't know if you saw that mm. film oh it 's hard to get through because you 're like cringing yeah. um, I, my toes still curl in embarrassment thinking of that film but this, back to this one, Margaret's played by Abby, writer Forston, and she does a great job. And of course, Kathy Bates is her amazing grandma and Rachel McAdams. I love Rachel McAdams. Yeah, oh, my goodness. And um, I didn't remember all the details of the book. I didn't remember the the conflict of the religion and the estrangement from the other parents because um, her parents, one is Christian, one is Jewish and Kathy Bates is her Jewish grandmother on her father's side and her mom's family has kind of abandoned them. And so Margaret is struggling to sort of figure out, you know, and she talks to God about things. And so it's it's a sweet, lovely story. Um, And, you know, they show the spin the bottle and the. Well, they called it Three Minutes in Heaven, but I'm like, it was seven minutes in yeah, heaven. No kidding. I mean, come on. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> um, it's good, but not great. And I really actually, and maybe this is just the age I am now, was more interested in the mom's story than I was in Margaret's. And I mm-hmm. loved how she was trying to figure out moving from Manhattan to the suburbs of New mm-hmm. Jersey and being in the PTA and figuring out, like uh, how to be herself still, you know, and that was more interesting to me. But a wonderful documentary um, on Amazon Prime is Judy Bloom Forever. That's really cool, and there's a lot of folks that are young, a lot younger than me, talking about her and kind of putting her into context in the modern world. So I think that was that. I would watch that as well as this. Is my my recommendation. Um, but yeah, it it. It was nostalgia. It was lovely, but it it wasn't quite fresh. I
1: I totally agree with you. I wanted to love this.
0: I missed the
1: whole thing with this book. Mm. So here's my mother was big on books and was always getting us books. But by I'm just a little bit older, Mm. so by the time this book came out, I had already crested through all that stuff. And I remember it came up in conversation. My mother was like, "Oh, you know, you're already too Too old old for for that." Um, but only by probably two years, you know? Um, but I was, I was too old and I was on to other things. Here's the funny thing about Judy Bloom for me is that, so a couple of years down the road, I was probably 16 and she took her first foray into not writing ch- children's books. <laughs> And she wrote Wifey.
0: Wifey, yes. Okay, so... We were swapping that around in
1: class. Totally. (laughs) So one of my friends, whose mother was like, oh, Judy Bloom has a new book out, and got Wifey for Mm -hmm. this friend of mine who was 15, 16 years old, and everybody was passing that around, Mm -hmm. and that is so not a children's Mm book. Not a children's (laughs) book at all. So that's, I always think about that when I think about Judy Bloom. But I really wanted to love this movie and I have to say there were aspects of it that I loved. Like mm-hmm. I loved the set design always. Mm-hmm. It totally took me back to my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, it you know, I found myself sitting there going, why didn't they make this movie 20 years ago? Like why didn't they make this movie all the, and, and I kept going, oh, because it has some very problematic things in it mm-hmm. that I think we probably couldn't have done it till now. But because of that, it needed a little zhuzhing, mm, and, and it mm. just somehow didn't connect.
0: Mm-hmm. It was
1: it was too much of a time capsule. Exactly. And yeah. and I think we needed a little bit of if you're going to make it in 2023, mm-hmm. they did change some things. Yeah. So yeah. if you're going to change some things, change it enough so that we get a little perspective right on some of the messed up things that we did back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I feel like it didn't entirely land even though the three female leads mm-hmm. totally were given 150%. I mean, mm-hmm. Kathy Bates is wonderful in yeah. this. Rachel McAdams is fabulous. And mm-hmm. this young woman was fantastic as well. Mm-hmm. So, but it just kind of never, never got into the stratosphere. It's mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. It's nice, worth watching. It's not mm-hmm. a bad movie. You're going to enjoy it if you watch it. Um,
0: but it's not a great movie. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I had a lot of sentiment wrapped up in it too, you know, because of me. I read all of her books and I just. You know, and, like, I I can't recommend that documentary highly enough. I I haven't checked it out yet, but I'll have to check that out. It's a wonderful way to sort of see what, how important she was, yeah. but also now, you know, a little old-fashioned, you know? And that's the reality. She's 80. She's allowed to be, you know? (laughs) Yes. And, well, I mean, now...
1: The big thing that everybody talked about, it isn't just about, and because I hadn't read the book, I didn't know this, but my husband asked me and I said, oh, it's the book about the girl who gets her period. Mm-hmm. That's all we talked about. My mother said, oh, you know, you don't need to, you already know all about that. Right. You don't need to right. revisit that. Right. But So I didn't know all the religion things that yeah. were in it and yeah. all these other things. But we are in a phase in our lives right now where we're looking at those things in a much different way. People mm-hmm. are throwing period parties for their daughters. Well, it Girls is, are naming their periods. Yes. Like it's. So if it's you, if so you it, different. If you're and it's, into it doing 23, you've got to have some sort of a viewpoint. Sort of thing.
0: Well, and it's funny because uh, they all vow to tell each other when they get their period. Yeah. And, and I had a group of friends and we made the same vow. Yeah. And I remember coming to them, I got it. And two of them were like, oh yeah, I already got it a few months ago. And yeah. I'm like, and you betrayed me and didn't tell me and didn't tell me what happened. And then there's a reverse kind of betrayal for her. Yes. And I thought, see, there's so much shame and yes. weirdness attached to all of it. And so I thought that was a valuable topic. But I, yeah, it just it yeah, wasn't, I almost you know. wish that they had
1: put a, a narrator in who was telling her granddaughter about when this she got her period and then we travel back in time. Yeah. Something, yeah. some device to help us to grab on to this thing that felt like it was my grandmother's old Afghan. Yeah. <laughs> That's Which probably of, would look fabulous with the shag rug. Right, <laughs> right. Can I just say that one of the things about it that really made me think afterwards was that I spent most of my teenage years trying very hard not to be embarrassed because my parents grew up in Iowa And we were living in upstate New York. Mm. And I felt like my parents were so far behind the times and didn't understand pop culture and didn't know. And I was always rolling my eyes at them and going, that's not how they do it here. (laughs) Right? And just... You know, I was just always so mad at them that they, I didn't feel like they had their finger on the pulse. And yet I'm watching this film Mm -hmm. where, you know, they're trying to make us all believe that it's 1970, Mm -hmm. and uh, every piece of furniture in it my parents had, (laughs) everything on the wall, the decor. And and I found myself going, my goodness, my parents truly did have their finger on the pulse, and I just didn't realize yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah. And I and I wanted to like you know apologize to my parents and say, apparently, you were right on you schedule. You were really hip. You like you <laughs> had the the copper salmon uh, jello mold on the wall just like everyone else mom <laughs> i had no idea and i was constantly accusing her of not of not being with it yeah, yeah. not be, like you know why are you so 1957 <laughs> um, and you know it's not you know anyway yeah. Yeah. so there you go and but karma turns around my nieces and nephews and my child constantly tell me they're like oh it is not 1994
0: uh, i know i get I, uh, I my daughter didn't like it when i kept using the word groovy It's like, that's really outdated. I'm like, I'm bringing it back. (laughs) Yeah. She doesn't mind now. But There we go. You're there to embarrass your children, right? That's part of our That's our whole existence. (laughs) Our whole existence. Okay,
1: so we're out of time. We're past time. Sorry, keeping you guys late, but hopefully you enjoyed this. We would love to hear from you guys if there are films or TV shows Mm -hmm. that you want us to review uh, for next month. We're going to be back with, um, are there summer
0: blockbusters this summer? It's weird right now well, there's because the, of the writer's Ms, strike. The Marvels, look, I don't know when oh. that, that launches, but that I saw a tr- trailer for that. Oh, just the Marvel movies. Yeah, I know, I know, are we done with them? But these are the three, they're three women, so I'm kind of like, okay. Oh, I don't even know what that oh, is. Yeah, it's Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel, who's the first um, uh, Muslim uh, superhero okay. that did the show about her. And then uh, General, uh, Rambo, the gal, I heard last name is Rambo, but she's... Uh, uh, Mark, Captain Marvel's friend and, you know, so okay. I'm like, ah, I'll right. watch that, you know, but yeah, I don't know what else is coming I out. I love the oh, first one. the Wonder Barbie War. movie. Oh.
1: Okay. I know. <laughs> 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 I've seen that preview and, I asked, and scratched my head and said, who is that for? <laughs> so, uh, it's for me and my daughter. She's okay. a big Greta Gerwig fan, so we're... Probably. My husband is excited about it, and yeah. I said, "Who are you, and what have you done with my husband's body?" It's a lot <laughs> like of I pink. can't wait. It's a lot of pink. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. What uh What else are you looking forward to? Um, you know, those two were the top of the list. Um, I you know what we're going to see supposedly later on this evening is Atomic City. Oh, that's the, the Wes Anderson. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm. I can't decide if I'm a fan of Wes Anderson's or not. Me too. Yeah. It's, it, it, so like sometimes curious. it works
1: for me and sometimes, sometimes it it's, doesn't. It
0: feels a little too self-conscious yeah. sometimes. Uh, so but, I'm interested. Maybe I'll try to see that too. Maybe okay. we'll try to talk about that next time. All right. Well,
1: mm-hmm. let us know if there's something you want us to review. We take that very seriously. Uh, we hope that you all will tune in tomorrow mm-hmm. uh, as we show you another episode of Stories from the Spectrum. It's all content by and for people who are neurodiverse. So we're really proud of that. And we'll be back on Monday with a live show. So uh, until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one
0: for you, too. Mm-hmm. Anything from you? Just keep uh, keep watching stuff and telling us what you want us to watch. There we, we love go. love hearing it. All right, you guys. Take care.